Welcome to Decol with Mia Henderson. Decol is the intersection between academia and activism, where revolutionaries, activists and artists meet to devise different pathways to lasting decolonial change in higher education. Today's poem, entitled You Are Not, is written and read by poet, author and University of Brighton student, Ava Shakul. Stop. The incessant and that carrying on you do, that thing. I do it too, don't get me wrong. Clawing and raking at your own sweet self. You don't ever need to feel like you are not anything. A magnolia leaf on the coldest day of spring when the sun hurls rainbows at the dew. As though you are not some kind of ethereal being made of the breath of a force so almighty the very aura of the cosmos quakes at the thought of its power even as if you are not a sharpened needle on a snowflake so unmatched in shape and thought and feeling so lethally unique and brave yet equally as beautiful within yourself you foolish exquisite rogue stop you skulk in self-scrutiny and worthlessness as though you are not a formidable army of cells and sinew gushing blood and a pounding engine of flesh with your feet on the earth and your hair in the wind sucking life into your relentless lungs like you won't recognize you survive on your own will and unrivaled instincts with that brain that can calculate sums and that mind that can craft an entire universe carrying on about every mundane tragedy as though you were not of the same race that taught metal to fly and machine to speak however morbid and vile a race nonetheless one whose intellect has dragged itself from stone ages into phone ages stop if one man can live on for centuries immortalized in a tale of two suicidal lovers and one woman can reserve a seat for an entire race on a single bus and one girl can take a bullet in the face so all girls can pick up a pen you can stop feel your presence here you will not let your chance to rule galaxies pass by because you could not stop and realize that you aren't not. We're joined today by activist, poet, and director of Maya's Education Project, Maya Antoine Onikui. Welcome, Maya. Hi. Could you tell us a little bit, tell our listeners a little bit about what you do at Maya's Education Project? Yeah, so. Um... We are a non-profit organisation and we donate and sell books based on um, black history, injustice, microaggression, and then we do fiction um, by black authors for adults, young adults and children. Um, Yeah, we have our own online bookstore, which helps fund... um, the donation of books so people can buy books and the purchase of a book will be able to purchase a book that will go out to someone for free um and yeah we've been running since about june and i say we is literally just me doing everything but um but yeah yeah that's what we do exciting and also just out of curiosity um what is your personally your favorite book um at the moment, it's blacklisted. Um, I cannot remember the author for the life of me, even though it's my favourite book. No um, it's definitely one of my favourite books. That and Your Silence Will Not Protect You. I haven't finished it, but it's been one of my favourite books. 
um and i'm like halfway through i believe that's the one that you sent me actually (laughs) yeah yeah, i think it is but um yeah blacklisted goes into um black british culture and where everything comes from and um the kind of terms that are used and how they're problematic or things like that and it's like it's written in like a hilarious way but it's also so informative and there's so many little things in there and history and things that you don't even realize or haven't even heard of before and as a black person it's funny to read someone talk about your experiences because obviously our experiences aren't represented so hearing it and being able to laugh with someone about that is one thing and then I feel like as a non-black person reading it you'd be learning so much about terms that even you use that you didn't even know came from black culture definitely yeah I'm I love that book (laughs) it's so um refreshing and uplifting to hear that, that that you know you acknowledge that there are other that it's not doesn't always have to be a heavy conversation but can be mm. that you can learn through humor that you can learn yeah. through light-hearted jokes about yeah. um blackness in all its beautiful forms it's so interesting to also hear how perhaps that might influence your work what inspired you to start Maya's education project I really don't like um, performative activism and I think the last sort of straw for me was the Blackout Tuesday thing with people posting black squares and a hashtag that didn't do anything, didn't show any, didn't share any information, didn't show any awareness. It was kind of extremely performative and I had, I was constantly ranting on Instagram saying like this isn't helping us as black people and um and a lot of people asking me like okay so what would help and I was repeating myself a lot and saying educating yourself um finding out what you need to know and how to help us how to unlearn and relearn what you need to do and quite a few people said that because of covid and lockdown they couldn't afford to do that they wanted books and they wanted the resources but they couldn't afford to go out and get them they weren't available in their libraries or their libraries weren't open and um I was in a position where I could help people. So I thought, let me buy like three or four books for people who reach out. And um, when I said that I would do that, a lot of people came forward saying, if you need help um, buying books, let me know. I'll send you some money to donate if you need help um, sourcing books or if you need me to send in a book I already have. That's amazing. Um, Yeah, and within four or five hours of saying that I had like eight nine hundred pounds in donations which was so crazy wow Um, did did you expect that that outpour initial outpour of support not at all me and my friend um were sitting in our flat and I just thought I just said like oh I might send three or four people some books you know like what's that 40 50 pounds that I can spare and um people were asking for my paypal my bank details and suddenly we were like sorting things into accounts and having to figure things out in terms of logistics and how we were going to work this all out and yeah it just happened so quickly with people sharing and um yeah it was crazy didn't expect it at all it's exciting to see how um quickly things were taken on board as well as like how um because i know that you're quite early in the in um you're quite a relatively new um project and to see how fast that's taken off um the ground and how much support you've received in you know that first what, four months, five months of um, starting this this initiative. Yeah. Um, I remember um, 
reading a little bit on your website about you know how you believed uh, the, the ethos of of um, Maya's education project is to protect back black lives and and um, uplift um, this through education. Uh, how how do you believe that this that this project that you're working on fulfills that ethos? I think a lot of people don't realise how affected black people are by white privilege and white supremacy. Um, there are so many small comments and little microaggressions that build up into that have built built up into systemic racism, and I think our history and our stories, our experiences are something you need to hear in order to understand how you're affecting us and how you can therefore protect us. Um, if you can't, if you're not educated on something, you can't help, basically. Um, otherwise, you're blindly following what other people are doing. And again, that's performative. So people not knowing what they're doing wrong, but seeing people post black squares and hashtags, they're thinking that that's helping, but it's not. So being able to read up on what your privilege means and how it can actually make a difference is what's going to lead to the protection of black people. Because if you read how we're treated unfairly in the justice system and your dad's a, a judge or a lawyer, that conversation with him is going to stop someone going to prison for life over a gram of weed. Like, so these really small things can turn into really big conversations that really affect and protect black lives. It's a very important space in recognising education, not simply to be, um, you know, in the in the institutional sense of, um, mm. you know, through school, school or university, but also in a space of just conversation and, um, yeah. you know, one one to one interaction. Why do you believe that it is necessary to prioritise education in this um, space or this this context in this movement to protecting and uplifting Black lives? I think there's only um there's only so much we can do from the bottom a lot of things that need change are in terms of government and people at the top of these huge businesses and brands um and as people that aren't in control of these things there are still things that we can do and again that starts with being educated on these things and i think if you've grown up blinded to all of these things by your privilege and you don't know what black people are going through and what they're having to experience daily, I don't think you're in a position to be able to go into your job, to go into your social life and interact with people in a way that will, um, just that will help them because the smallest things like touching someone's hair and treating them like they're some sort of out, outcast or alien because they look slightly different to you. If you'd read about that and the effects of that and the mental effects that that will have on that black person, you wouldn't be doing that, you wouldn't be in that position. So yeah, I really think that knowing what the problem is, is the root of all of it. Because if you don't know and understand what the problem is, you're not gonna be able to change it. Definitely. And I think that, you know, a lot of the things that you've brought up on your social media as well as in this conversation echoes a lot of the sentiments that you're explaining in that there are people with performative activism people feel very comfortable in being non-racist but mm. to actively seek out um modes of, of access to information as well as 
um, mediums in which they can be actively anti-racist. You know, what does that mean to you? And what does that mean to um, in Maya's education project? I think knowingly acknowledging and accepting that as a white person, you have a privilege or as a non-black person, you have some sort of privilege. Um, and then going out of your way to unlearn the things that your privilege have taught you and um, going into understanding where you're taking up space, understanding um, how you're affecting other people's lives because of this, all these little things will lead you to be able to actively step in and change things where change needs to be made. If you see um, a black person being treated unfairly and you know you're able to stop that or help them, you can do that. There was a story um, a girl posted on Instagram about a black man that was um, stopped walking out of a shop and asked to check all his bags um, because an alarm went off when they both walked out the store and she was told she could go. She was a white woman. She was told she could go. The black man was stopped, checked really thoroughly before he was told he could go. She got a few steps out and realised that she there was something in her bag with a tag on it. Mm. And it's she turned around and said to the security guard, like, why haven't you stopped me? Um, why have you just stopped him? This is unfair. And using that to be able to protect him and make sure he knows that he's being seen and that what's happening isn't fair on him in itself is a step in anti-racism. Simply being non-racist would be walking past that and just thinking like, okay, I'm not involved, I'm gonna keep going. Just because you're not openly walking around hurling racial abuse at people and things like that doesn't mean that you're helping. That's the bare minimum. So I think being able to use your voice and use your privilege to help black people when it's needed, which is now specifically I think that's when you're going towards being an anti-racist and an actual ally. I, it's so different to, to you know. I think sometimes, in in uh, as a as a black person, or even someone in a marginalized community, there's already layers of um, of hurt that kind of put, that 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 stops you from expressing in some aspects, you know how how truly hurt you are by that or how truly hurt you are by you know um moments of racial profiling and mm-hmm. i think that we've come at this important junction in time where um enough is enough we acknowledge that we're not that, that we're in a, a space now where um we're not it's not simply a, a space of tolerance we're no longer tolerating being in a, being in a room we now yeah. demand the respect that we deserve as people yeah. that acknowledge that that for centuries our lives have not mattered. Our lives have not been seen as equal to those um, white privilege. Yeah. And it's amazing to see um, in the context of the work that you're doing, how um, profoundly impactful it has been. I myself has have um, received one of your books and it was such a heartwarming for that to be from someone who is um, actively working to provide anti-racist materials. I just wanted to know, you know, what has been the most impactful response to your work in um, Maya's education project? Because you can imagine the um, plethora of, of positive responses that you've received from um, people across across the country. Yeah, um, I think the acknowledgement from um, really big like media platforms was one thing, but to have 
smaller brands and schools um, come to me and tell me that me sending them books or me sharing something or me talking about something has really changed how they see things and how they deliver things. And I've become the diversity officer for a couple of small businesses in checking their emails to see if they're wording things correctly. Congratulations. Thank you. And um, having schools sort of ask me like, oh, how much is it for 10 books? And like, when I say like, oh, I'll send them to you for free the kind of like oh my gosh wow like thank you that kind of thing because getting messages saying oh the kids love these books or my students love these books I think knowing that non-black and black children are gonna benefit from simply me sending them books and black children are gonna have received a book with characters in it that look like them because of me Mm -hmm. and knowing that is just yeah amazing and these brands sort of taking steps to accept that they they're wrong or they could be wrong and getting a black person on their team to check that rather than just winging it and hoping for the best and assuming that they're right um Mm. yeah i think that if anything has been sort of the most impactful thing for me personally and if i'm right that you also um provide books for you know range of ages as well so it's not simply um, you know, books for young adults and adults, but it's also books for children, if I'm right. Yeah, yeah, we do books for children. We actually have like baby books here, and they obviously like baby books aren't about um, racism and becoming an anti-racist yeah. and things like that. But just the um, as long as there's black characters or a black character in it, um, yeah, we stop those as well, just so that because for me and um, for my mum, when I was a child. She found it really hard to find books with characters that look like me in them. Yeah. And um, whether it's free or whether people can pay for them, I want to be able to be a resource for that and a place where people can find that because, yeah, not, not enough people have, have it really. And I think sometimes people underestimate how important that is, you know, that just having that representation and that being an honest representation in the sense that um, it's important to have... Um, representation of um, black and brown people where they don't it's not simply just them in every conversation them fighting for a space you know to speak but in simply just seeing the plethora of experiences that they live in the sense that being able to um, see someone that looks like you and seeing you know your, the, the the kinks and curls of your hair or the or certain terminology that you would use in your yeah. in your family's um, homes. Just seeing that something as small as that being represented in a, in a book is is has a profound effect on children. I think we underestimate that, and so it's so amazing that you you also provide a array of content that's not simply just you know for those who are actively seeking anti racist content, but that it can be anti racist by simply being an honest representation, but by being authentic to the black experience. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so uplifting to to have this conversation with you, Maya. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And so, you know, on, on a continuing on our positive note, like, um, what does the future of Maya's education project look like? Um, I really hope to be able to be a big enough organization to really help schools and educational institutions and prisons and anyone who needs it um send be able to send them books and be able to help them in any way i can um i'm 
someone asked me if I can help contribute towards building um, a library in Nigeria, which was crazy. Wow. And there's so many things that I've been asked to help with that I can't because of obviously like finances and we run basically on donations and purchases of like 10 pound books, which isn't like a huge income. So we're looking at grants and things like that, but being big enough to be able to really make those huge differences in countries all over the world and especially the one that I've grown up in. Um, yeah, that's that's my main aim. I'd love to be able to have like a little book cafe that like helps run all this and that people like a safe space for people, especially people of colour and things like that. Yeah. And yeah, it just so many plans really. <laughs> that's exciting and I I um I really look forward to all of the work that you, you that your um you at my education project is hoping to uh, continue doing because I think that it very much you can see the that you as a, as a spokesperson for um all the work that you're doing is it's the work that you are mirrored in in the work that you're doing and it's really exciting to see and put a face to um yeah the Myers education project <laughs> thank you thanks <laughs> so also just so our um our listeners can find you would could you share your like social media handles or any other way that you'd prefer for people to get in touch yeah so um anything relating to the project the instagram is myers education project um m-a-j-a-s and an education project the website is myerseducationproject.com and to get in contact about anything um it's the email is info at myerseducationproject.com and then me personally my instagram is myrbxby and you can also message me there about anything um and yeah that's where you can find me and all things education <laughs> exciting thank you so much maya no i believe we're gonna sign off now uh so thank you for listening and um we look forward to speaking again soon <laughs>